We appreciate Brother Nick Mahaney. I'm so thankful that he's, he's able to just be so vulnerable and just tell his life story and share what it is to have a God that can restore and redeem and renew. As long as there's life, there's hope, ladies and gentlemen. Keep praying. Keep believing. Are you ready for a miracle tonight? Oh, I believe there's faith in the house. Would you welcome evangelist Nick Mahaney? God bless. Come on, let's lift our hands and begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. Come on, He alone is worthy. Come on, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, it's His name that shall be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. I exalt you, Lord. I exalt you, God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, mighty God, I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel his presence mighty strong in this place. It's been such an honor to be here. great heritage at this church from the bishop to your pastor to man them quizzers was, that's pretty exciting isn't it they, they look like they'd come back from the Olympics I still hear jingling going on I'd be wearing it everywhere and what an honor it is to be in the presence of the Almighty God. And what a great meal. I'm still full. But I promise you, I'll be ready by this evening. I'm a trained professional. And I'm excited about what God's going to do. How many have been to the doctor and the doctor says you have something wrong with you? Come on, lift you. How many believe that when you came in here tonight that God was going to heal you? If you have your Bibles... If not, try bringing your Bible to church. It's kind of like going riding without a car. Brother Huntley told me that we need a revival of revival. So I carry mine everywhere now. (laughs) Hebrews 11 and 1. It's a familiar passage of scripture. Everybody's preached on this scripture. I'm going to preach it a little different. This is a chapter of faith, the heroes of faith. Everybody say, now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. 
Verse 2 says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. The elders obtained a good report with this faith. Verse 3, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And I won't preach on faith for a little bit in a whole different angle that God showed me here just recently. And God's going to move. There's going to be people that's going to go back to the doctor and they're going to say, this is their favorite one. We made a mistake. Well, somebody practicing medicine, it's easy to make a mistake. Or, I can't explain it. But that cancer's gone. I've never seen your blood pressure like this before. Now, I've heard that, but I've heard it in the bad way. But you're going to hear it in the good way. By the authority of the Word of God. And by the power that's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let faith arise in this place. In the name of Jesus, let miracles, signs, and wonders begin to happen. Lord, let the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we seek your healing power in this place. We are your people, and we come to you mightily and boldly to your throne room. We're asking you to reach down and touch us in this place tonight. I rebuke every evil spirit that would try to hinder this message. It has to be silent in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke doubt and fear right now in the name of Jesus, the opposite of faith. Leave this place. The spirit of fear must leave right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. You may be seated. Faith. What is faith? We know it's things by what the scripture said that we have hoped for, but we haven't seen yet. That in itself can be confusing. What the real definition of faith is, it means to trust him or trusting, trusting that God's going to make a way even when it seems like there is no way. Verse 1 means that we are confident in what we hope or trust God for and that we are convinced by this faith or trust that it's going to happen even when it looks impossible. Come on, faith is just going ahead and stepping on out there and saying, I see, I don't see it yet, but I believe it. Come on, it doesn't always make sense. Come on, it doesn't always make sense. But my God is going to lead you in this walk of faith. The scripture gives us merit of the men and women of old that had this faith. 
In verse 3, the word tells us that with this faith, that we know and understand that the very universe was spoken into existence by God, not formed by anything that was here or present, but there was nothing. I said there was nothing till God spoke it into existence. There wasn't a big bang. Come on, there wasn't evolution. I don't even like bananas. My God spoke and the stars appeared. When my God spoke, the sun and the moon appeared. When my God spoke, the earth was formed. When my God spoke, the water began to flow. When my God spoke, plants began to come up out of the ground. When my God spoke, animals began to walk around. Even the air that we breathe was spoken to existence by my God. But man was special to him. Look at your neighbor and say, you're special. Yeah, some of you are. Man was special, so God took dirt, dust of the earth. Some of us, it took it like a backhoe. It was a little more forming on the Mahaney clan. But he formed us and he shaped us. Then God didn't speak us into existence. God breathed in us his breath. The same thing happened on the day of Pentecost. The church was just a lifeless form. But my God breathed into the upper room. And when he did, we were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Come on, we started out with God breathing in us. Come on, the church started out with God breathing in us. And we're going out speaking in tongues, baptizing in the name of Jesus. We know through faith that God created us and the earth. So faith is trusting in God and the scriptures that his word is true. And I just come to tell somebody that raised your hand that you've been to the doctor. If he can speak a star into existence, he can speak diabetes out of your body in the name of Jesus. Come on, if he can speak the sun and the moon into existence, cancer has to run at the mention of his name. Blind eyes are open at the mention of his name. Deaf ears are unstopped at the mention of his name. He created this body so he can fix this body. Verse 4 of Hebrews 11 By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God 
How about God testifying of his gifts? And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. The difference between Cain and Abel's sacrifice was the difference in their faith. Abel trusted God enough to give of his first and to give of his best. The problem with Cain's sacrifice wasn't a sacrifice. It was how he sacrificed. He was trying to offer up just enough to get by with God. When God wants our best. Listen, it takes faith to give God first before you go pay the light bill. It takes faith to give God his money before you go to Disney World. Come on, it takes faith to say, I'm giving you my first fruits. And when you do, he said, try me. Try me. Come on, you can't now give God. The more you give, the more you're going to receive. Come on, he'll open up the windows of heaven and he'll pour down a blessing upon you that you won't be able to contain. Verse 5. Don't worry, I'm not going over every verse. I don't mind people looking at their watch. It's when they go. You know, we got these digital ones here. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, that diligently seek him. Now Enoch was a godly man. Now I'm not trying to brag, but I'm a pretty godly man. I do a lot of walking and praying. I used to try to get up at four or five in the morning. Some guy said, you have to get up and get him fresh in the morning. Well, I found out I was sleeping. How long was you at the church today? <laughs> two and a half hours. Man, that's awesome. Well, I slapped two of it. <laughs> I found out. That God understands that Nick Mahaney needs his coffee first. And five in the morning is not a good time for me. So I found that I had to walk and pray. But Enoch was so godly that he walked with God. I've walked in the presence of God. One time me and my grandson, we used to, we was on a, we lived in a uh, RV for five years and we would park at the Arkansas campground and I'd base out of there some. 
And I would pray in the tabernacle with him. He'd walk with me, hold my hand, and I'd walk around praying. And one day we was in there, and it sounded like a big bird behind us. I thought something got loose. What's going on? I kept on praying, oh, in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm just praying away, and I could hear it again. I was like, what's going on? My grandson pulled my arm. I think there's angels, Papa. But I've never went on a walk with God. Enoch one day went on a walk with God and they're still walking. Enoch's testimony was he preached general conference. Ten times. I'll just be honest with you. Most of them guys preach general conference ain't that spiritual anyway. They just up there saying words and you got to have a thesaurus. Whatever happened to men walking up to a pulpit at a conference to say, thus saith the Lord and begin to preach about the cross. And begin to preach about faith. Sorry, Brother Bernard. Y'all signed my license. He wasn't known for writing great songs. Enoch was known because he pleased God. That was his testimony. He wasn't dynamic. He just pleased God. So the next verse says it's impossible to please God without faith. He must have been a man of great faith. You must have faith that God exists. Come on and know without a shadow of a doubt that he is your rewarder. Come on, that he is going to take care of you. Come on, I've seen many a time I didn't have a nickel in my pocket. And I got up to preach and God made a way where somebody handed me food to feed my family. Come on, I've seen the time when I didn't have the gas to go to the next revival. And somebody walk up and say, here, the Lord told me to give you this. Guess what? He made a way because I believe it's him. And I have faith and I know that he's going to reward me. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, which means awe and respect, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. God spoke to Noah. Noah. David and the giants. I bet they want me on their next recording. Noah. What are we going to do when we get to heaven and God doesn't have a real deep voice like that? What if he sounds like John Wayne? 
Come in, pilgrim. God said, Noah, it's going to rain. Noah said, it's going to do what? Man, they didn't have rain. You would have went broke selling umbrellas back then. What's rain, God? They didn't go to church and go, let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Never did that. And God began to tell him of things that was going to happen. And he received this warning from God about things unseen and was filled with fear. And he built an ark to save his house from impending danger. This act of faith, this act of trusting God, it didn't just save his family. It condemned the world. He was saved and Noah received righteousness and his family because of trust and faith. Verse 8, by faith. Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing whether he went. Now my wife and I, when we first got married, we were so poor, somebody broke in our house and we mugged them. I'm like, no, you better give me your shoes, Jack. (laughs) I mean, the dollar menu, I knew it by heart. I'm trying to evangelize. You know, everybody loved Charles Mahaney, but boy, they, they didn't think, you know, some of them didn't want to try out Nick Mahaney. I didn't start preaching until I was in my 40s. I'm a late bloomer. Some of us take a little while to get a hold of some things. But I was finally starting to be busy. And I was, we finally had the two nicest cars we'd ever had. Because before I would drive a car and I didn't know if a tire was going to fly out. Seriously. We're driving down, driving down the road to Revival and just bought an old used car. Clanking along down through there. And my wife, you know, she has to clean everything. I mean, you get done cleaning, she's going to clean up after you get done cleaning. She's, man, she's wiping this car down. She reaches up by the visor and she pulls out half a joint. She didn't know what it is. She goes, what's this? My God, throw that out the window. Sorry, Pastor, I got stopped. I'm not going to make it tonight. Click. I'm a little aggravated that marijuana is legal after I've been arrested so many times over that stuff. Oh, it's essential now? 
So I was fasting and praying. We was in our nicest house we had ever had. And the Lord spoke to me. I mean, so strong. It was just, I couldn't sleep for about a week about me selling everything we had and buying an RV. I just got guardianship over a two and a half year old and a four year old and buying a 40 foot long tornado magnet RV and hitting the road. Well, I was going to evangelist seminar in Dallas. And Brother Huntley happened to be preaching, and Brother Huntley's a very huge voice in my life. So thankful for that man of God. He's helped me so many times. What a man of God. So I hadn't told my wife about this, you know, great call from the Lord yet. A little bit scared there. And I told Brother Huntley what I just told y'all, that God wanted us to sell everything and hit the road. He didn't say no, yes. He said, meet me for breakfast in the morning and I'll give you an answer. So the man of God goes and prays. And he's waiting on me at breakfast. And when I walk up to his table, he doesn't say good morning. He said, Nick, it is the will of God. You have heard from God. And Raleigh's going to help you. So we... I went home, I called my wife on the way, I said, I need to talk to you when I get home. She said, oh, Lord, what have you done, Nick? (laughs) Actually, she called me Nicholas. That's when I really, oh, no, Nicholas, what have you done? Nothing. And I said, the Lord wants us to sell everything. We're going to buy an RV We're going to hit the road, and we're going to travel. I watched as a tear ran down my wife's face. You know what she said? If God wants me to sacrifice, I'll sacrifice. But what if I would have told her, all right, we got an RV. I went out and bought one, which wasn't easy because I was in my 40s, and I had no credit. I was a drug dealer my whole life. We didn't buy on credit. Cash and carry. And they couldn't believe a man in his 40s had no credit. And how do you explain? Well, sir, I used to be a drug addict, but would you give me a loan? But what if I would have told her, all right, let's load up in the RV. All right, everybody, let's go. Where are we going? Well, I don't know. That's what Abraham did. What city are we going to? Don't know. We're just going. We're looking for a city. What city? Hey, Siri. Uh-oh. She said, uh-huh. We're looking for a city built by God. I'm not sure I understand. No, that's Siri. (laughs) Siri doesn't understand a city built by God. 
Well, that's shocking, isn't it? And, and Abraham told Sarah, we're just leaving. But I promise you one thing, he said, you're going to get to live in tents. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> then his wife, Sarah, conceives after she's old and unable to have children. But through faith, her and Abraham in their old age have a child. This child of faith becomes a test of faith to Abraham. And he's told to sacrifice your son. Now, we all love the faith of Abraham. This is preached all the time. But we overlook the faith of Isaac. Isaac was in his 20s. He wasn't a baby. And Abraham was well over 100 years old. Isaac didn't have to let that old man bind him. But he had faith because his mom and dad had faith. He said, you know what? If you believe, I believe. Get me on the altar. Come on, your faith is a lot more far-reaching than yourself. Come on, those children need to hear you proclaiming faith in the middle of the night. Come on, shame on you if your children don't hear you pleading the blood of Jesus over your home. Because your faith is going to instill in them a faith that will never die. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know, some scriptures are just kind of tough sometimes. All these people in Hebrews 11 they die in faith. None of them, not one, received their promise. But you know what they did? They just kept on trusting in God. They just kept on believing in God. They got up every morning and they put one foot in front of the other. They lived right. They did right. And they never seen the things that they wanted to see. They seen them a way, ways off. But they just kept on believing. By faith, Isaac blessed. By faith, Joseph died and believed that his bones would never stay in Egypt. By faith, the parents of Moses put him in an ark to be saved. By faith, Moses left the house of Pharaoh and forsook Egypt. By faith, Israel passed through the Red Sea. By faith, Joshua had the faith and the walls of Jericho fell down. Rahab, a harlot, had faith and lived. When everyone else perished. Verse 32, and says, what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, Obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And we're at verse 35. Before we ever hear of anything that we would consider in this day and time, 
as a notable miracle. Finally, someone with the faith to raise the dead. But if you keep reading, you're going to find out that they went through more than this. They were tortured. They were scourged. They were mocked, put in prisons. They were sawed in two. Try that one on. They were tempted. God put being tempted up there with being beaten and prisoned and tortured. It goes further. They wandered in deserts, lived in caves. And verse 39 tells us, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, say us, Us. that they without us, say us, Us. should not be made perfect. It translates that nevertheless they did not receive what had been promised because God had planned something better that would involve us so that only with us would they be brought to the goal. These people went through such horrible things because God gave them a glimpse of us. And because of their faith, the end result is going to involve me and you. I don't know about y'all, but I had my faith tried last year. I got, I'm almost done. There's a couple guys I still need to talk to. At conferences in 2019, jumping up on the stage, I got a word. 2020, the year of vision. Really? It's going to be great. What vision? They missed that one, didn't they? You better be careful when you say you got a word. And you better be careful who you listen to when they say they have a word. Most of the time what I've noticed, none of them say they got a word from God. Because there is Ezekiel 13 where God says, My prophets are not prophesying from me. They're prophesying from vanity. That they're, I'm not giving them the dreams. That they're just telling people what they want to hear. Because I'm an evangelist, this happens to me all the time. People walk up and go, you got a word for me? I always go, nope. (laughs) Got nothing. You got two knees and a pastor. That's how you should get your word. You don't want to get it from somebody else. You want to get it from the man of God that has rule over you in the spirit. I've been blessed. I've seen many, many miracles. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears healed. People raised out of wheelchairs. I was in the service and the Lord spoke to me and said, just praise me. That's the only word I got. Praise me. So I'd be, I walked up and said, let's praise him. Boom, like a bomb went off in that place. A man's legs were healed and he chucked his walker up on the stage. And went to shouting. A lady come by in her wheelchair, about right here. The power of God hit this fine Jamaican lady. She come out of there. She didn't come out easy. She come out doing the Arkansas huckabuck. (laughs) 
I mean, getting it. I looked at the pastor. I said, you see that? He goes, man, I ain't seen her walking over 15 years. I go back to that church every year. You know what she says? Hey, preacher, I don't need that wheelchair no more. And I'm thankful for every miracle and outpouring that I have witnessed. But according to what I had just read, that's just a small part of faith. We have made the mistake of confusing the gift of faith with faith. The gift of faith comes from walking with people like this. There are 229 verses on faith in just the New Testament alone. I was asked in August, because of my faith, I thought, to go pray for Brother George Guy. He had been on a ventilator for 53 days. I was so pumped up. I told my wife, I said, COVID is over. There's a new sheriff in town. (laughs) Evangelist Nick Mahaney is about to arrive on the scene. Brother Crazy Faith. I taught a recovery class on Tuesday night, and I drove all night to get there to to meet Sister Guy Wednesday at the hospital. I was so ready. Y'all, I prayed all the way down there. I didn't even listen to no news channels. I prayed. I FaceTimed another man of God in the Philippines, Brother Martinez. And we walked into that room and we began to pray for the man of God. There was a peace that fell in that room. Sister Guy looked at me. She said, Brother Nick, I haven't felt this peace since he's been in here. For the next hour, I knelt beside his bed. I sang to him. We prayed with him. Tears were running down the man of God's face. The COVID was gone, but it left behind pneumonia and wreaked havoc on his lungs. He was still on a vent, but he was aware of what was going on. He was following me with his eyes. He could, I could ask him a question. He could say, yes, no. We had such a great time in the Lord. I had to try to get back. It was Wednesday. I wanted to make it back home in time for church. I wasn't preaching, but that doesn't mean you don't go to church. Just because you're not involved doesn't mean you sit at home and watch the SEC channel. Boy, I better not get on that one. I I don't never have a chance of preaching conference. I'm lucky they let me go. But I do raid the green room every year. Eat all their snacks. They're used to it now. So I stopped at a motel. I couldn't drive anymore. I wasn't going to be able to make it. And as I was sitting on the edge of my bed, my phone rang, and it was Sister Guy. In panic. Brother Nick. Brother Nick. 
They were changing his tubing, and he went into cardiac arrest, and he's gone. I said, what? She said, he's dead. I hung the phone up, and I said these words, so much for this man of faith. You don't want me praying for you. I thought they were relying on me because of the faith that I had to make a difference. And I failed the test. That's because I was just seeing faith in a limited, albeit a powerful way, but a limited way. And I began to study on faith and the word of God. We were at Brother Guy's funeral. It was packed to the walls. And Brother Story gets up and he tells about how he was preaching in Texas. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go pray for George Guy. Well, he was still full-blown in COVID. Brother Story calls the family, and they said, they're not going to let you up there. He said, well, I'm coming because the Lord told me to drive over there. By the time he got there, the hospital agreed to let Brother Story go in if he had suit up and pray for George Guy. On his way in there, there was a family there that said, well, our dad's in the same room. Can you pray for him? When you pray for Brother Guy, Brother Story began to pray for Brother Guy, spent time with Brother Guy, and he was walking out and he turned around and began to pray for this other man. Brother Guy didn't get healed, but they let that other man go that night. We don't understand faith. We don't understand God. He thought he was being sent for George Guy, but he was being sent to heal this man that he didn't even know. Brother Cox from Maine, very close to Brother Guy. He was speaking, and he calls out Brother Guy's son, tells him he's going to go to hell if he doesn't pray back through. At a funeral. Hallelujah. I've been to a lot of funerals. I ain't never heard nobody do that. He said, you better pray back through. I looked at my wife. I said, good grief. Sister Mangan began to sing. And Brother Cox went further than that. He walked over and he laid hands on that man. He fell back speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave him the utterance. The Holy Ghost fell in this funeral. Around 25 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost or prayed that backsliders or prayed back through. They were shouting up and down the aisles. Come on, God was healing people. They were receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God spoke to me as I watched him. And he said, true faith goes on even after you're gone. So what is the meaning and purpose of faith? You see, this Bible's not broken down in chapters and verses. Hebrews would have been one continuous letter. And you get to Hebrews 12.1. Here's what it says. Wherefore seeing, we also, well, I'm feeling it right now, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Come on, the ones I just read about. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Come on, here it is. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher.
Come on. He wrote our faith. He's going to end our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and to sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, I come to tell you, we are surrounded according to the scripture. Come on, I'm not preaching anything that isn't Bible. By a greater cloud of witnesses, the ones that have gone on before us, they're watching us. They want to see if we're going to lay aside everything that is keeping us from running our race. You can't run my race. I got to run my race. You got to run your race. Come on. You got to run it with patience. You got to get rid of everything that's keeping you back. Trust in God and believe it. That he's going to take you through fear. He's going to take you through sickness. He's going to take you through doubt. Because of this faith and the testimony of our elders who have gone on to their reward. Even though they didn't always receive their promise. They were looking for a city built by God. I want us all to stand. The gift of faith is in this place. The last three years of his life, my dad, I traveled with him and I picked his brain about everything. You name it, I ask him. And he had this way of saying something to me and making me dig into stuff. One day he said, what gift are you earnestly desiring? I don't know. I named them all. I said, I don't know, Dad, what do I do? He said, that scripture means for you to desire the one you need at that moment. He said, if you're in a situation, you need to discern spirits, desire that one, earnestly desire it. And what has happened, we have gotten so used to a show in Pentecost. I'm just going, I just tell it what, how the Lord tells me to tell it. We don't feel like we've been to a camp meeting or a conference until somebody's called out 10 people. That's not even in the gifts of the Spirit. They say it's the word of knowledge. No, they're using words, not word. I was at a conference and the guy called all of us out on the platform. Stand up. Blah, 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 blah. I just told him that two weeks ago. He sat down. I said, that was awesome. But what about that guy sitting up there? You see him in the balcony? He don't even know if he's going to make it next week. You didn't say one word to him. You need to walk up there and you need to minister to him. 
that he's going through things that God has shown me in the spirit that you don't have no idea about. What about him? Oh, he wasn't flashy enough. Speak in faith. Now, we got some great men, I'm going to tell you right now. Brother Nathan Herod is a man of God. If he speaks faith, you better hang on. But we got guys, they speak faith, and there's miracles that happen, and they're, they're not realizing it's not because of them, because there's no fruits in their life. You can't have the gifts of the Spirit without the fruits of the Spirit. You're too stuck up, can't talk to people. God don't want to use you. And they're not realizing it's that brother or that sister in their prayer closet that's been praying for that service that they're preaching that has fasted all week long for that service. It wasn't nothing they spoke. It was what those people prayed about and had faith about. So we've gotten used to a big show. I'm slowing it down for a reason, everybody. Because faith doesn't need a lot of hype. Just a little bit of faith. The faith of the grain of mustard seed will bring your family back. Not a big amount. And we have gotten away from the body. The body fitly joined together. That's where we got to get back to in apostolic churches. We have held back our women for years. We're going into battle with half an army. This ain't a real popular message either. Found out a couple weeks ago. We want you to live a certain way, act a certain way, but you can only go this far. Don't be laying hands on nobody. Don't preach. No, don't do that. That's not biblical. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. The Hebrew word there in Joel is Nawa. It means to walk in the role of a prophet, to speak under the unction. The, the, word, the Greek word is profuto, which means to walk in the role of a prophet, to speak and preach and sing under the unction. I don't know. To me, that's pretty plain. I don't want you to put Romans 12, 3 up for me. I bet most of you, this, even though the non-Bible quizzers can quote 12, 1 and 2. Well, we stop there, but here's what the third verse says. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly. According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Well, that was revelation to me. What that means is if I take my measure, I put it with your measure. He takes his measure, puts it with your measure. He puts his measure with your measure. And we go around this building. Boy, oh, hallelujah. And by the time we put our measures together, we have the full measure of faith that we need. 
That's why the word says these signs will follow them. It never says him. So I told of a bunch of miracles today. What I didn't tell you, I never prayed for one of them. Not one person. The saints of God prayed for each other and the body began to heal the body. I don't want somebody saying, well, I went to hear Nick Mahaney preach at Eastwind. He prayed for me. God healed me. No, I want you to say, I went to church Sunday night at Eastwind and God healed me. Now I want to start off with this. Those who are under a doctor's care right now with a medical condition, I want you to come to the front. Listen, faith is action. You want healed? Let's see some action. You lifted your hand. Come on, begin to. I want you to come and step right close to this front. Come on. God can send a lightning bolt right down and heal you, but that's God's faith. He wants to see your faith. Come on, God's about to heal some of y'all. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help me, Jesus. We need to repent. I want every hand in this place lifted right now. And I want there to be a repentance to flow out of your body. I want every vessel in this place cleansed. We are coming into the throne room of God. And we need to present ourselves a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to him. In the name of Jesus. Lord forgive me. God if I've had any thoughts. If I've done any actions. Come on tell him to search your heart. Because you'll hide things in your heart you don't even realize. Cleanse my heart, O oh God. That's why he said, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, I want you to begin to tell him this. Lord, it's not about me. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. If I be lifted up, come on, it's not about me, Lord. It's all about you. I lift you up in this place. You already paid the price at that whipping post. Come on, you was battered, beaten, and bruised for me, Jesus. Every time that whip hit your back was for me. Every time a fist hit you in the face, it was for me. Come on. It's all about you, Jesus. It's not about me.
Come on, once we unify, that's the whole key. Unify. Come on, now we're pressing through. This is where we exercise our faith as the body of Christ. I want some of you young men and young ladies to come help me pray. Listen, there's a lot of times that ladies are in the altar. They have been through a lot of things because of a man. And the last thing they need is a man laying hands on them. They need a woman of God. Come on, that's walking in faith. Living the life of faith. To lay their hands on their head. These signs shall follow them. Are you a them? Come on, some of you young men, you got more faith than anybody in this place. Come on, ladies. Come on, young. Come on, elders. We're about to lay hands on the sick, and they're about to recover. This is how they did it in the apostolic church. I want you to begin to lay your hands on people right now. And I want you to be, I want you to pray the prayer of faith. Come on, lay your hand on her head in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus name. Lord, I speak to sickness and infirmities. Come on, apostolics. There you go. Press through. These signs will follow them. Whoa, I feel the heart. Come on, lay your hands on their head. Don't be timid. Take dominion over that sickness. Take dominion over that disease. Come on, press on through. Here we are. Come on, this great cloud of witnesses. They couldn't do it without us. one another come on pray for one another be healed in the name of Jesus
by the authority of the word of God, by the power that's in the name of Jesus. Heal her body in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, don't let up. Come on, that's it. Walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, praise singers. You feel that unction? Walk out and lay hands on a sick. Come on, use that gift and that talent to lay hands and pray for people. in your name. Come on, there's authority in his word. There's power in his name. Take dominion over sickness. Now believe that he is healing you without a shadow of a doubt. Picture it in your mind that he is healing you. Whatever sickness it is. Put it in your mind that you have been healed. I'm walking out of here healed and delivered. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Don't let up until you feel something breaking. This is how we fight our battles right here. The body fitly joined together. We're pressed through now. Come on, step into his throne room. Come on, be used by the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you haven't spoken in tongues, just let it flow out of you right now as the gifts of the Spirit are in operation.
All right, here's what I feel led by the Holy Ghost. I want us to make room right here in the middle again. If it's too late, some of y'all need to go, you can go. We're going to walk in the gifts right now for a little bit. Make room right here to the left and to the right. I don't do this a lot, but here's what I feel. We have come out of a horrible year mentally. Now, churches I've talked to, they're giving increased during all the COVID. Come on, tell me how God. But there has been a spirit that has been attacking our minds. I know because I went through it. Come on, it's went to my house. Depression and anxiety are at a forefront worse than any time that I've ever seen in the history that I've been alive. Fear grips you so tight. You sit on the edge of your bed. You can't breathe. Come on, I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost is telling me to say. Husband leaves to go to work. He doesn't know what you're fighting every day because you put on that face. I got to keep this house going. Your wife doesn't see it as you're pulled over on the side of the road, tears running down your face. You can't explain why you're feeling this way. But it's suffocating. Our young people have been put into situations because they kept schools closed for so long where a lot of them just had to rely on social media to be their babysitter. And now we're paying the price. But God wants to lift that spirit of fear and that spirit of depression and anxiety. Look, there's mental issues that happen. I'm not one of those guys that thinks that anybody that has any problems up here in their mind, we treat the body, how come we don't treat the mind? But there's some things that the enemy sends in on you, like fear and anxiety and depression. And God wants to deliver you from that right now. Now, it takes boldness to say, I'm stepping out. You're talking to me. Come on, who am I talking to? Come on. Come on, I know you're in here. Come on down. Come on. Come on. You can't take it anymore. I mean, it is suffocating the life out of you. You're going to have to make more room because there's more people. Come on. Come on, get on climb. It's attacking us. Come on, and we're going to fight this battle right now through the power of the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, where's my church people now? Come on, Brother Derek, begin to pray for people. Come on, come on, men of God, begin to pray for them. You know what it's like to be through depressed, hurting? Lay hands on them. Come on, bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to lay hands on each other. Come on, begin to pray for one another. I rebuke the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke anxiety and depression out of this place in the name of Jesus. Come on, weeping may endure. That means you don't have to weep anymore unless you want to. 
Joy is here right now. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let joy, like a river, become flowing through this place. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, make your way into this crowd, people of faith, and lay your hands upon them. Come on, don't stop until you feel that joy. Don't stop until you feel that fear leave you. Don't stop until anxiety leaves you. Come on, this is how we fight our battles. Come on, devil, I come to tell you in the name of Jesus. I come to tell you in the name of Jesus, you are defeated. Come on, the enemy is defeated. The enemy is defeated right now in the name of Jesus. accept this. Come on, we cast it out of our lives. Come on now, begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him for what He's done in this place. Come on, begin to praise Him because He's healed your bodies. Begin to praise Him because He's healed your minds. Come on, begin to praise Him because fear is gone from your life. Come on, somebody shout, Hallelujah! Let the devil know that it's over. Hallelujah! 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 Come on, take dominion. Hallelujah. 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 Lift your voice to him. Hallelujah. Don't let up. 
on, don't let up. We got him on the run and now let's destroy him. Let's defeat him.
Come on, I think it'd be a great time to begin to thank him for what he's done. Don't let the enemy tell you it didn't happen. Come on, let faith arise. Come on, let God arrive and let let our enemies be scattered. Come on, begin to thank him for what he's done in this place.